What's up, everybody, and welcome to the In The Game podcast, brought to you by Taproom Sports and Tavour. Make sure to go to tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code Taproom for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. I'm your host, Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, lats, and yes, this show is a new show i'll be all by myself i'm gonna have some guests on uh every week hopefully um this week i will not have a guest though i'm sorry i apologize but um really you know as taproom sports we got a lot of things going on um ben did the biscuits and barrels this week we usually do tsp wagers which is a, a show where we you know handicap a couple games for the day um, usually we do that twice during the summer with Major League Baseball. Um, and, and in the winter, you know, I, we decided we're going to do it one day a week and uh, do taproom sports. And then obviously APR, which is our uh, picks podcast with uh, Raider Eddie, formerly known as Steady Eddie Martin. But I figured, you know, I wanted to talk about a lot of things that I don't really get to talk about on taproom sports. I don't get to talk about them on APR. I don't get to talk about them on TSP wagers. So I figured, you know, why don't I do a show where, you know, I can give my opinion, you know, some people respect it. Some people don't, I don't really care. Um, but where I can give my, give my opinion and kind of, you know, do my own thing where, you know, I don't have to really worry about what I say for anybody else. I can just do my thing. So we're going to do this once a week. Um, yeah, man, and I'm excited, very excited for this. Next week, I got a guest lined up, so that'll be dope. But this week is interesting because we had a lot of things happen, you know, in the past couple of days, and I think I think that's the biggest thing because usually, like when we record Tap Room, you know, we record it for the entire week, and sometimes you know a lot of stuff blows over by the time we get to by the time we get to Sunday. And it just doesn't have the same luster and everybody's heard every single take on it. So this show, you know, I'm going to do things in the middle of the week so I can actually hit on some big things. And the first thing is obviously the Baseball Hall of Fame. So Baseball Hall of Fame voters announced their uh, voting for this year's Hall of Fame class and only David Ortiz got voted in. And it was the last time, last chance at 10th opportunity for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens to get voted on and they were not voted on and you know I'm sure you've all heard by now on on um, all the major networks or wherever you're reading publications Twitter wherever you may be you've heard that you know Barry Bonds didn't make it and you probably have your own opinion I've heard people say like he was a cheater he doesn't deserve to be in and my response to that is there's a couple things like if you're going to use that logic first of all then you can't say that David Ortiz is a hall of famer because David Ortiz is a guy that tested positive for a performance enhancing drug by major league baseball after they started testing so if we're going to use that same logic why is David Ortiz being voted into the hall of fame and 
you know, I read a piece by Tom Verducci on on uh, Sports Illustrated. Tom Verducci is a very well respected baseball writer. I respect uh, Tom Verducci's work. He's one of the best to ever do it. You know, he's someone I look up to. But I don't agree with what he says regarding Barry Bonds and the integ- quote unquote integrity of the game. Because if this integrity was so fucking important to baseball writers. There's a ton of dudes in the Hall of Fame that are racist, bigots like Ty Cobb, and we overlook that for them. So it's a double standard, per se, and I just I don't I don't agree with it. And you may think that Barry Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he took steroids, but he never tested positive for steroids. We can assume, you know, we can assume with uh that he took they took steroids i mean the balco guy was silenced and obviously he had all that going on and people have said that he takes steroids but he's never been he's never tested positive for steroids and this is the greatest hitter in the history of baseball that we're talking about that is being held out of the hall of fame and the hall of fame is there to tell the story of the game of baseball and how do you tell the story of baseball without the best player, arguably, to ever hit. I mean, Barry Bonds. This is a guy that got walked with the bases loaded because they feared that he was going to hit a home run. I mean, that's how that's how crazy it is. He's had seasons, like in 2004, where he had 232 walks and only 41 strikeouts. Batting average, 362. OPS of 1.422. I mean... This guy, unremarkable career, easily the best hitter of all time. Career averages of 298, 444 on base, 600 slugging, 1.051 OPS. And we're holding them out because of steroids. And this is a whole generation of people like... How do you assume that Barry Bonds took steroids, but you don't assume that Jeff Bagwell, who is also a Hall of Famer, took steroids? How do you assume that Barry Bonds took steroids, but you don't assume that Pudge Rodriguez took steroids? If we're going to assume one player took steroids or two players or a handful of players, I think we should assume that that entire generation of players tested positive. I think it's only fair to all of them, you know, we have to, we have to tell a story of baseball. And we know that steroids were in baseball from about 1985, maybe even sooner. I've heard some people say it could be as soon as mid seventies all the way to, you know, about 2005 when they started testing and, and like baseball, Bud Selig, especially after the strike, you know, they kind of turned a blind eye to steroids because it was putting butts in the seat and it was making owners money. And because of that, they didn't say, oh, you guys can't take steroids or we should do something about this. They let it happen. They knew it happened. Even Jose Canseco has said that Major League Baseball knew what was going on. So how are we as people going to sit there and tell these guys we can't vote you in the Hall of Fame, which is supposed to tell the story of baseball? And just because you took steroids, I just think it's, 
I think we're letting down the game of baseball. And I'm sick and tired of these baseball writers just gatekeeping this game. Because we've seen when, uh, you know, baseball is definitely turning a corner as far as like people watching it and people becoming more accustomed to the game. You know, there's a lot of theories on why people have tuned baseball out, whether it's a long game, a boring game. The one thing that's always that I've always loved about baseball and baseball is probably my second favorite sport behind basketball, you know, probably tied with football. But the one thing I always loved about baseball was just the intricacies and everything that happened within a game and the history of the game. I mean, it's America is really our first great game in America. Um, you know, you could say lacrosse, you know, because the Native Americans had lacrosse, but you know, baseball is, it is a historical game, but it's like, we got to adjust with the times. And I love that these new players, that the players in the last 10, 15 years are, you know, flipping their bats and they're showing emotion. And I think that means a lot for the game because it's more relatable to everybody. Like no one wants to go to a game that is just, you know, boring. And there's no personalities. And I think that's what baseball has always been lacking in the since the steroid era is there's no personalities in baseball. Baseball's best player, Mike Trout, I can't even tell you the last time I heard him speak. You know what I mean? And I think that is where baseball has gotten it wrong. And the writers over here aren't helping the case because they're basically saying, you know, we didn't like Barry Bonds, so we aren't going to put him in we didn't like uh Roger Clemens we didn't like Kurt Schilling so we're not going to put them in the Hall of Fame Kurt Schilling borderline Hall of Famer okay I, I don't care if you if I'm not going to say sit here and argue with someone if they don't if they say he's not a Hall of Famer I think he's borderline but a main reason why he's out of the Hall of Fame is because of him outside of baseball this isn't the Hall of you know great people on earth this is the hall of fame for baseball and it should be tr treated as such you know said it before say it again can't tell the history of this sport without barry bonds he needs to be in but i've heard a lot of interesting stuff this week on the whole hall of fame take if you got a take that you want to let uh, get out to me tweet at me at jordan rules tsp um, you know, and I'll read it over, over the air next week. Going to have a segment of just tweets, whether they tweeted at me or just tweets that I find interesting regarding the world of sports. But yeah, man, Hall of Fame topic. I feel like majority of, of fans are on the same side. Even analysts like uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN came out and said like, that he should be a Hall of Famer. It's really these old these old timers, dude. They're the ones that are really holding this thing back, and uh, it's just it's just really a shame, really a shame. So yeah, if you got an opinion on it, make sure to get at me at Jordan Rules TSP. Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Let's slide into the NFL because the, this is NFL's time of year. I just really wanted to open with that um, Hall of Fame, but. This week, Sean Payton resigned as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. 
and when it when it happened a lot of people were were very shocked and i kind of wasn't you know you look at the situation of the saints they're 77 million dollars over the cap so they have to clear out 77 million and they have 47 million in dead cap so i mean this is an aging roster and a roster that's going to be very difficult to improve they signed Taysom hill to that big deal you know, they had like four of their quarterbacks play this year. I think Sean Payton, you know, he got a front row seat at this. He saw like, you know, I don't know if this team can go any further without a quarterback. I mean, you're looking around the league now. The four remaining quarterbacks that are left in the playoffs, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, who's probably the best quarterback in the NFC West, and then obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, who's the anomaly. But you have three great quarterbacks and a capable quarterback, a quarterback that has won more than he's lost. Um, and I, I mean, some things with Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't explain. I don't know. I don't know, but let, I don't even want to get into that right now. This is about Sean Payton. So then this report comes out. It came out like a couple of weeks ago, actually, that there was an $8 million offer on the table from Fox for Sean Payton to take the lead analyst role. So you're telling me, one day a week to make $8 million a year. Or I can be the head coach of this football team that is in cap hell, bending cap hell, and we don't have a quarterback. Because they've been in cap hell for like six years. But the difference is they had Drew Brees. They had a capable, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now they don't have that guy. And if you look on the, a lot of these other teams with these elite quarterbacks, they can make up for you know, deficiencies in your team. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get a sip of beer there real quick. But now without that quarterback, and that's the hardest position to get, you know, no one's going to trade you an elite quarterback. They can't sign Rodgers. They couldn't even trade for him. They can't trade for Deshaun Watson because they don't have any cap space. So, they're really in a tough situation. So at Sean Payton's age and being as good as he is, do you want to sit there and go through another rebuild? You've been a coach for this organization for 16 seasons. Or you can retire, you know, take this Fox gig for a year and wait for a better job to open up, you know. And obviously that team would have to compensate the Saints of some sort, but Sean Payton is worth it. You know, if if Bill Belichick is the defensive guru, then Sean Payton is like the offensive guru. I mean, what this man was able to do with this team this year, you know, they were in position to make the playoffs. And nobody would have thought that, especially with Jameis Winston going down. So I mean the guy has done an absolutely incredible job with the Saints. And he'll have he'll be the most sought after coach. Um, if any jobs open up and this year, I don't think there's any like great jobs that are open per se, like for a guy like Sean Payton, who can just walk into a, you know, a well-run team right now and have a shot at a Super Bowl. But I think that those possibilities could open up next year. I said this on, on a uh, tap room after the regular season occurred and there was rumors in Seattle that, you know, Seattle could part ways or Pete Carroll could, would retire. I said, you know, 
it's a good situation for Pete Carroll if you were to retire for a year, come out of retirement for a job like the Chargers. And yes, I know Brandon Staley only got one year this year, but he cost them a few games with a lot of his decisions. And I'm an analytic guy, but I think in football you have to take analytics and feel. And I just think he he made a lot of, a lot of head scratching decisions. And I was a roster that everybody thought the Chargers were a playoff team. I mean, they were better than the Raiders on paper. They were better than the Raiders most of the season. But when it push came to shove, the Chargers didn't win enough games to make the playoffs. And if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, I mean, you're talking a guy with Justin Herbert, who is a stud quarterback. You know, he gets the right coach in there. They push the right buttons. Because when you have a rookie contract, a rookie quarterback on his rookie, not a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback on his rookie contract, it allows you to spend money elsewhere and build a great team around a great quarterback. And that could be a great situation for a guy like Sean Payton if Brandon Staley gets fired next year. And if I'm the Chargers owner and I know that Sean Payton is, uh, you know, over there, I would like, why wouldn't you fire your head coach and get go get Sean Payton if you think that he's the missing piece? I think another interesting team is the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Arizona Cardinals went three and five in their last eight games, backed into the playoffs, and then got absolutely fucking dog walked in the playoffs. Like they barely even they didn't even show up in the playoffs. And that has a lot to do with coaching. And I've said this time and time again about Cliff Kingsbury. The guy is a great play designer, but he's not a good in-game play caller. And I mean, who am I, dude? I I, I never fucking coach an NFL game. I mean, it's harder, obviously harder than it looks. But I'm going to judge him compared to his peers. And compared to his peers, I mean, two teams in his division are playing in the NFC NFC championship. And one of the teams he beat twice this year, the other team, he went one and one. Or one and two, I guess, in the playoffs, he lost one of the games. So when you judge him compared to his peers, his the thing that separates those other guys like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan from Cliff Kingsbury is Cliff Kingsbury is not a good in-game play caller. And his teams, like, throughout this course of the year, they get, they get worse. Why is that? Is it lack of imagination later on in the season? Does he not add things? Um, obviously the team got a little banged up this year, but I mean, you still have Kyler Murray and for the team to run the ball four times in the first half in that playoff game, after watching the Niners torch them. And in the one game they beat the Rams, they ran the ball for 211 yards and you run the ball four times in the first half. I mean, what are you like? What was the game plan going into that? So I think the Cardinals, and if you're Sean Payton, you look at, a guy like Kyler Murray, who's, you know, basically a more athletic with a better arm than Drew Brees. Probably not as good of a guy at reading plays on the fly like Drew Brees, but I mean, still, like, the intangibles are there. And if you get a guy like Kyler Murray, I mean, Drew Brees wasn't as good before he got with Sean Payton. I mean, he got let go of uh, San Diego, obviously, at the shoulder injury, but, you know, Phillip Rivers. They wanted to go with Phillip Rivers over Drew Brees. And then the Dolphins went with Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. So, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, you probably think, hey, I get this guy Kyler Murray, and, you know, sky's the limit on what they can do. 
Another team that could be in the running is the Dallas Cowboys, whom he used to be the offensive coordinator for when Bill Parcells was there. You know, so Jerry Jones is already familiar with Sean Payton. Jerry Jones is getting very old. Sean Payton lives in Dallas. I mean, this could be, I don't know. I don't think that at this juncture that Jerry Jones would fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, who knows? Now that Sean Payton's on in play, I mean, obviously they would have to give up some compensation, like I said before, because he's still technically under contract with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints. But with Jerry getting older, he's probably getting more anxious to win a title now. And maybe he does relinquish more powers to a guy like Sean Payton. Because I, I, I do think that if Sean Payton were to go to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, he wouldn't go there and let Jerry call all the shots with personnel. He would say, hey... You know, if I'm gonna do this like Bill Parcells did, basically, and Jerry Jones, and I mean, and uh, and uh, um, what's oh my God, Jimmy Johnson, sorry, and Jimmy Johnson did, you know, they kind of took control of player personnel and they flourished, right? I mean, Bill Parcells didn't win a Super Bowl, but that was the most successful the Cowboys have basically been, you know, in the last, you know, what, 15, 20 years. So maybe Jerry Jones does relinquish some of that, those duties and those kind of things to Sean Payton. So, I mean, that's another great, I mean, that's a, a team with a lot of talent right now. They, another team that just looked out coached in the playoffs. And we know Mike McCarthy only won one title with Aaron Rodgers, but you know, that's a whole nother story now. Well, actually, let, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that real quick. Because the Aaron Rodgers thing is another very interesting topic this week because the guy literally just got outplayed by Jimmy G. And, you know, Jimmy G is not a a great quarterback. He wins ball games. I don't know how, but he manages to win a lot of football games. I think the Niners are like 26-8 and eight with him. And without him, they're like... I don't even remember, but it's a terrible, terrible record. Um, and, I mean, every time they've been to the playoffs, he's played. And the last two games, he hasn't thrown a touchdown, and they've managed to win. It's just incredible what they're, what they're able to do. But Aaron Rodgers has fallen short time and time again in the playoffs. And I feel like we always give this guy the benefit of the doubt. We, we make all these excuses for him. Oh, their defense wasn't good. Oh, they can't, their coach isn't good or whatever. But this year, he had a great defense. I mean, the defense held the Niners to six points. The special teams let him down. But, dude, okay, you allowed 13 points and you lose because you only put up 10 points. And really, after Mercedes Lewis got that fumble, I don't think Aaron Rodgers targeted anybody outside of uh, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. And you saw in the final drive, dude, on the last play, it was like 39. And Alan, Alan Lazard is running over the middle. And Rodgers throws it deep to Devontae Adams, who's triple co double covered. You know what I mean? And it's time to... And then Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show and he says... Uh, Everyone's rooting against me. It may or may not be true. You know, I don't think everybody's rooting against him because there's just as many anti-vaxxers as there is 
pro-vax people. Niner fans obviously want him to lose for other reasons, but I, I think that, you know, someone like me, I wanted to see Rodgers versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, that was a matchup I wanted. I wanted Rodgers to win. You know, I don't care for him as a person. I think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's a great regular season quarterback. The guy has fallen very short in his playoff career, and I think we got to stop, you know, making excuses for him. At some point, we have to hold him accountable. He has to hold himself accountable and say, hey, man, like, I wasn't good. I cost my team the game because this was his best chance to make the make the Super Bowl. They were the Super Bowl favorites heading into the playoffs. They were Super Bowl favorites basically for half the season. So we we have to judge them as such. You didn't play well. Your team, you know, your defense played well. So we can't say your defense didn't play well. You didn't really give anybody a, a chance outside of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams to make a play. So, like, how can you judge anybody else? I mean, it was just classic, you know, just wasn't good, period. Um, and now, you know, there's talk that he may retire, you know, may go to another team. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen because he's his own dude. We really have no idea what he's going to do. Anybody that knows what he's going to do, you know, put some money on it because you, you can make a lot of money because he's a different cat. Personally, I think that retirement is on the table. You know, with confidence, I say that like with like 15% confidence because like I said, dude, we just don't know what he's going to do, what he's going to say. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if he came out in a month or so and said, you know, I'm calling it quits. Just, I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if he came out and said, you know, we're going to run it back in Green Bay. But, you know, I think with how things ended, I could see him not playing in Green Bay. Even though I said all season long that I thought he was going to be back in Green Bay. With how things ended, I could very well see things being different this time around. What do y'all think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? <clears throat> Hit me up on Twitter, at JordanRulesTSP. Tell me what you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Is he going to retire? Is he going to play for the Packers? Or is he going to be playing for a different team? And if so, what team? Broncos, Steelers, Raiders. I've heard a lot of different options. Even, you know, Big Ball and Ben Larson threw out the, the Tampa Bay Bucks if Brady retires this offseason, you know, he could see Aaron Rodgers playing in there. At this point, we don't even know. And with Aaron Rodgers, who knows? We'll never know. All right, I'm going to take a break real quick. Uh, we're going to get a word from one of our Taproom Sports affiliates. And then we will hop back in here and I'm going to talk a little bit of NBA, which is, uh, you know, if you follow along regularly, basketball is my favorite sport by far. So we're going to talk some NBA hoops, maybe some college basketball. Can't wait. Stay locked, stay loaded. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. 
Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. y'all we are back thank you for sticking around looking forward to talking some hoops right now so there's nothing really no really uh glaring storylines i guess the biggest storyline going on right now is that supposedly james harden doesn't like living in brooklyn uh and kind of wants to get out of there in the offseason isn't really looking forward to signing an extension with the with the brooklyn nets i think it's kind of crazy because I mean, I kind of get it in a in a sense because I think the the biggest reason why him and KD wanted to team up with Harden, and I feel like you know superstars do this after they go through their first contract because they start to understand what it takes to win, is that it takes a team, dude, and especially through eighty two games, like you need other guys that can contribute, and as you get older, and I mean James Harden is you know in his 30s now and as someone in his 30s i can tell you you know it's definitely a little bit (laughs) things change once you get a little older you don't recover as well as you once did aren't as fresh as you once were um but i think the biggest thing that could if this report is true and we don't know if this report is true reports are reports rumors are rumors but you know we've seen rumors and reports like this before especially like from Kevin Durant in the middle of the his last season with the Warriors and things became true. So who knows? But, you know, Daryl Morey seems to be fixated on the on teaming up Harden and Embiid, which I think would be a great pairing as well. But I think the thing that's probably pushing Harden away from Brooklyn and signing that extension is the fact that, you know, he, he wanted to be there because he had Kyrie and KD. And then... This year, you know, it's been well, it's been very well documented that Kyrie didn't take the vaccine, can't play home games in Brooklyn. And so it's put a lot of stress on Harden and KD. And I think part of the reason why the Nets wanted to bring Kyrie back as a part-time player was to take pressure off of Harden and KD. And then, you know, KD goes down with his injury. He's going to be out four to six weeks, um, apparently. And, you know, here he is back at it, having to shoulder a lot of the load. Um, You know, and early on in the season, Harden was having trouble adjusting to the foul calls, um, the way the game was being officiated. He is second in the league in free throws per game, so that's kind of changed a little bit. But, I mean, Harden's a great player. You know, he's one of the best players. Obviously, his shortcomings have been in the playoffs, where we you know really find out the difference in players but I think as a as a guy that could be the second or third best player on a team you know this is a perfect situation for him why he wants to leave Brooklyn you know we can only we can only guess and that's my guess is that you know he isn't he isn't like he still has to do everything with Kyrie being a part-time player and now Katie being out, he can go to a different team and, 
you know, do whatever he wants to do. But I mean, if you're, if you don't want to live in Brooklyn, why would you want to live in Philadelphia? I don't, I I don't get that, but that's, that could be a personal decision, but that's been, that's been one story going around. Um, but really I wanted to talk about a couple teams here and mainly in the Eastern conference, because the Miami heat are the number one seed right now, 31 and 17. Um, and I mean, dude, they've been playing great basketball. They played, you know, 16 games without Bam Adebayo, played 12 or 14 without Jimmy Butler, and they've been able to keep float with guys like Max Struess, Yurtsevin, um, Tyler Hero has been playing very well. I mean, this is a team, Eric Spolstra, dude, you got to give it to Eric Spolstra. He might be coach of the year. Either him or J.B. Bickerstaff from Cleveland have to be the coaches of the year. Um, just an incredible job. Uh, and then in the East, too, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, 29-19, fourth seed. But the Milwaukee Bucks, 30-20, and 20, the fifth seed. They've had the most different lineups, even more than the Heat. They've only played one game with Brooke Lopez. But one thing I was saying earlier in the year, obviously they weren't healthy, so I wasn't that concerned, but... You know, I was saying like, oh, you know, when they get Dante, when they get when they get more healthy, they're gonna be a much better team. Well, they got Dante back, and I mean, Dante DiVincenzo has been terrible since he's come back. I mean, the guy's shooting like twenty percent from the field, turning the ball over like crazy. They played, they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, uh, one eighteen to ninety or one sixteen to ninety nine, and a big part of that was they turned the ball over twenty times as a team. Like, you can't win NBA games when you're turning the ball over twenty times. Giannis has been phenomenal. Him, Joel Embiid, uh, probably the top two, and and Nikola Jokic, probably the top three for MVP right now. But the Bucks are starting to worry me a little bit. You know, I'm not going to count them out until they are out because they have been there. They have done that. They have proven guys that have played in the playoffs and have won in the playoffs. And I think that means a lot going into the playoffs. And last year, to be honest, they were kind of coasting through the regular season two, and then they kicked it up a notch in the playoffs. Same thing could happen this year. But it is it is concerning to me that they just have these duds every so often. It's like even they have that, you know, lackadaisical, oh, you know, we've been there. Like, we'll, we'll turn the switch on when we have to. But a lot of times when teams do that, they don't turn the switch on when they have to. And that can be discouraging sometimes um you know but i mean there's still six in net rating um and only the miami heat and cleveland Cavs in the east are above them in net rating and i mean they're barely above them i mean things could change in two games but i mean the the nets i mean the heat the Cavs have been have been good Cavs have been a sleeper team i do think the one thing i was talking to someone tonight I think the one thing that might hold the Cavs back uh, in the playoffs is that they just lack playoff experience. You know, Evan Mobley's a rookie. Darius Garland's never played in the playoffs. Um, Jerry Allen has never played in the playoffs. The only people that played in the playoffs is Kevin Love, Rajon Rondo, and C.D. Osman on that team. So I do think that that uh, playoff experience could definitely hurt them. But, I mean, they're a great young team, well-coached. Evan Mobley is probably going to be the rookie of the year. 
I mean, just a, a, a phenomenal job over there in Cleveland. I mean, it's been it's been incredible. Been absolutely incredible. And then obviously my guy LeBron James, you know, thirty seven years old this man is playing at scoring more points in a season than he's ever scored before. Could lead the league in scoring. Um, you know, but they've the Lakers have been a disaster all year. But a big reason why they've been a disaster is because they haven't been healthy. You know, they get AD back, they beat a shorthanded Brooklyn team, okay, whatever. Um, but, you know, they have a big matchup this week on Thursday night against Philadelphia 76ers. And hopefully the Lakers, you know, kind of get the, some things rolling if you're a Lakers fan because you really want to see some things. You know, Frank Vogel's been on the hot seat, uh, but he's, you know, his job is still there. I think a lot of things are going on in the front office. I think there's a lot of rumors going on. Uh, I saw a rumor that they've been trying to trade THT and Kendrick Nunn, but no one's been willing to take them. I think that THT luster is over. If they wanted to trade him, they had to do it last year because this year they tried to make him a 3 and D guy, and that's just not who he is. He has the same kind of skill set as Russell Westbrook uh, and and LeBron James, and that's another thing. Like we knew, the, I said in the beginning of the year, I didn't think the Russell Westbrook thing was going to was gonna um, pay off well because he has the exact same skill set as LeBron, but LeBron is better. Like Westbrook doesn't play well off the ball. We've seen this, so I I just didn't see the fit there. And now I think the Lakers see it and they're like, well, we have to fucking do something about it. Kind of like the 2018 Cavs when they like reset in the middle of the season, but nobody wants these guys. Westbrook does only have one year left on his contract, so if you are a rebuilding team. I mean, I could see you taking on the salary like the Rockets, for example, flipping John Wall for Westbrook because Westbrook does have less time on his contract. But if you're the Lakers, do you want, does John Wall improve your team? Because right now for the Lakers, it's about improving their roster. I do wonder what this is, what this means for LeBron James going forward, though. Obviously, he's still in their contract, but, you know, the Lakers traded away Kyle Kuzma. KCP, Montrez Harrell, uh, you know, Kuzma's look pretty good in Washington. And those are, they kind of revamped their roster. They took away guys that really helped them and put in guys that kind of more playmakers than shooters. And LeBron's always had shooters. I know LeBron wanted Westbrook to take pressure off of him from having to handle the ball so much, but he has had to handle the ball more. Westbrook kind of, flounders under pressure in late game situations and it's been it's been an interesting season for the Lakers but you know LeBron is right there and deserves his flowers he's kept his team afloat while AD was hurt AD is back now we'll see how they go um I don't really have a handicap on the game yet because I'm I'm not really sure how I feel about it because Danny Green's questionable Seth Curry is out um, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, they beat the Pelicans, the, the Spurs. They lost to the Clippers, beat the Magic. I mean, they haven't been beating a ton of good teams. Their last good win was against Miami on January 15th. But they are very good at home, too, which is, you know, beneficial for them. Um, actually, they're only 11-2 at home, so they're not that good at home. 8-13 and 13 on the... Uh, 8-13 and 13 
against the spread at home. I mean, I think the biggest thing is it's going to come down to AD versus, uh, versus Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been on an absolute tear in the last in his last 12 or 15 games, averaging over 30 points a game. Um, really elevated himself into the MVP conversation, but I probably lean Philadelphia at home getting the get it, or uh, laying the two points. I think it's going to be good for them. Uh, but yeah, that's the show this week. In the game, if you guys want me to talk about anything, make sure to hit me up on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. We'll talk about games. I will handicap a couple games for y'all. If you want me to, just let me know. Make sure to tap into APR this week. Uh, we're going to be handicapping all the, both championship games, all the championship games, both championship games. Uh, and we're going to have some best bets, whether it's props, over-unders, um, you know, whatever it is, we're going to have some best bets. Ben and I both went 2-0 and last week in our best bets. Steady Eddie has been out with COVID, but he will be back this week. So he'll be back on the show. Make sure to tap in with Taproom Sports. Follow us at Taproom Sports Podcast on Instagram, at Taproom underscore sports on Twitter. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads, thank you, everybody, for tapping in with me. I'll catch y'all next week. I'll catch y'all on APR. I'll catch y'all on Taproom Sports. I'll catch y'all on wagers. I'm everywhere, baby. Y'all have a great weekend. In the game.